The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. I'm excited about this podcast and I think you will be too, particularly if you're an NFL fan. The guests are Fox Sports lead NFL producer Richie Zions and Fox Sports lead NFL director Rich Russo. They are the producer and director for Fox's top NFL team of Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. Richie Zients and Rich Russo have been uh, at the top of their profession for a long time. They worked with uh, Buck and Aikman during their, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman during their entire duration. Both uh, previously worked at CBS, including Richie Zients on the John Madden crew. These are two guys who've done a multitude of Super Bowls. They produced and directed major, major events at Fox, Daytona 500, etc. So if you are into or if you're curious about how does a uh, how does a top-notch television production work? These are uh, are two of the best guests that I could get. And in the podcast, we discuss what they do, uh, what it's been like for them to go to from uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, their relationship with uh, analyst-in-waiting Tom Brady, and how they approach that situation, how one tries to create trust and uh, chemistry with a new booth, as they have this year, Richie Zions talks about uh, some of his days with John Madden. He traveled with Madden all over the country, was on the Madden Cruiser, and that was really, really interesting. And uh, and some other thoughts. I think uh, I think you will again. I think you will find this really, really interesting. I'm um, I'm someone who likes to hear the stories of those who work b- behind the scenes. I-, I find that part of the business very interesting. So Fox Sports NFL producer Richie Zions and Fox Sports NFL director Rich Russo coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, I'm very excited to have these two gentlemen on. They've, um, you know, you're not going to recognize the name, but if you are, some of you will, I guess, who are sports media connoisseurs, in fact, but they have, how do I sort of phrase this? How you've processed games over the last 20 years Richie Zients and Rich Russo have had a massive impact on your viewing anytime you've watched Fox Sports' biggest NFL game of the week. Richie Zients is the lead producer for Fox's NFL game coverage. He joined that company in 1994. He's worked on every major property, the network's telecast, and he's been the lead producer for the last 20 seasons. On Fox NFL, obviously mostly working with Joe Buck and 
Troy Aikman until this year. He's produced six Super Bowls. As I said, he's joined by Rich Russo. And again, Rich Russo has a ton of accolades when it comes to his career. He's directed coverage of pretty much every premier property that Fox has had. MLB, NASCAR, college football, basketball. Here for the purposes of this podcast for his NFL work. He's directed five Super Bowls. He's been part of 16. This is his 14th season with Richie Zients on uh, Fox's lead NFL coverage. And with the change in booth, and a very big story, obviously, from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi, I thought it would be, uh, I thought these guys would be a great uh, pair to have as the NFL season starts. And I'm pleased to be joined to the Sports Media Podcast by Richie Zients. And Rich Russo, gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. All right, since there's so many Richards on this uh, podcast, I'm going to address you first, last name. By the way, not for nothing, but not many Richards being born these days, by the way, in, tw- in 20, uh, 2022. It's, re- it's dropped way, way down in terms of baby rankings uh, across the world. So we're, uh, we're, we're the last of the Mohicans, basically. All right, I'm going to start with Richie Zions. Richie, as specific as you can, tell my listeners what an NFL game producer does. I would say it's, it's actually an interesting question and tough to answer. I am in charge of the editorial direction of a broadcast, and I'm involved from the ground up with the entire crew um, to kind of just you know decide what the storylines are and how we're going to cover them when the game starts. And then you know once the game starts, I guess I'm sort of in the middle of the wheel talking and listening to many different people. Uh, my major responsibility is making sure the right replays and graphics get on the air. And that's obviously in conjunction with the very excellent and experienced crew. Um, and then I work in conjunction with uh, Rich, the director who sits to my right, and our technical director who works the big board, Colby Bourgeois. He sits to Rich's right. And, um, you know, we all listen to each other and Rich takes my cues and then translates that to Colby who hits the right button. So it's a constant flow of communication, a constant listening and talking and coordinating and making hundreds of decisions, and you hope that most of them are good. Rich Russo, I want to ask you the same question. As specific as you can, what does, a, what does an NFL game director do? I would say an NFL game director is responsible for getting the viewer from point A to point B to point C, responsible for all the live cameras, for coming up and, and understanding based situations for camera assignments, camera plans, what cameras should be shooting, what players based on situations um, as far as, you know, two receivers, three receivers. So you come up with a camera plan um, based on that specific game. The ability, the most important thing that I would say is the ability to listen, to listen to the announcers, to be able to react to all your live cameras, to get those cameras to the, to, to the right shots, to listen to the producer as far as which replay is going to – the best best replay that's going to go on the air at that particular point in time. Um, that's the biggest thing, graphics. So listen to your graphic people, what stat should be going in at that specific time. So it's, it's really – I always call it organized chaos, but the, the ability to listen is important. We have an incredible crew that works with us, that's been with us for – this is what my 14th year, Richie's 20, 20th, 21st year. Um, and we're all part of an amazing team. But I think the biggest thing is, is, is the visuals and getting the viewer from point A to point B um, during the course of a telecast. I'll go back to Richie's eyes here. Uh, Richie, um, every network that I deal with is going gonna, is gonna to praise their NFL game coverage. I'm talking about the, the major rights holders. And I think, to be fair, if you're on the A crew of any of these places as a director or producer, you're, you're very good at what you do. What's interesting to me, though, is do you think your coverage has a specific style? And do you think you have a specific style, per se, that is different than Sunday Night Football or CBS's coverage? I guess that would be in the eye of the beholder. Uh, being so inside, I guess I could answer that question by saying we, 
we have a lot of respect for the history of the game and we try to sprinkle that in when it's relevant. I think we try to cover the game and not let any of the frills get in the way of the coverage of the game. I think we try to uh, acknowledge the emotional part of the game and we, we give our camera people the freedom to find us pictures where maybe the ball doesn't go. And we try to show that. And I think we try to balance the coverage um, where it's the right balance of, of football, allowing the announcers, because they're the most important part of this, allowing the announcers to flourish and listening to them. Um, and again, these things that I think we are good at, other people could say they're good at it too. I just know that um, I just know what our priorities are, and that is to cover the game and try to add value around the edges in terms of production and um, you know cinematic effects. Rich Russo, there, there. Having talked to many people in your position, there is such a thing though as how one directs a game. There are some directors who like to use crowd shots to tell the story of a game. There are some directors who really will, you know, be in the owner's box far more than other directors. Do you feel, and, and I'm being specific to the NFL here, do you feel you have a directing style when it comes to this? I th- that's a great question, Richard. I think obviously the biggest thing is, yes, you have to follow the story of the game. I think patience is important. I think the viewer, they know where you're leaving, but they don't know what shot you're going to. So if you have a great shot right in front of you, that's right in front of you, that's right in front of the millions of people, there's no need to go someplace else. The more cuts that I make as a director does not mean the better the director I am. So it's, it's, it's that balance. It's that balance. As far as crowd, you need to know when to go to crowd shots, what crowd shots are important. You just don't go to crowd shots for the sake of going to crowd shots. You mentioned, you know, owners. You know, we're not big on let's show the owners all the time. I think what happens in, th- in that situation is if it's late in the game, you, you may lose the, imp- the impact of what that particular picture is because you've shown a certain owner seven and eight times. So I think that's really important. But I think the patience is, is, is really important. And you, you always have to put the viewer in the best seat of the house, in the house. And you always have to say to yourself, what does the viewer want to see here? Because ultimately that's what it's about. It's about the viewer and what the most important picture at that particular time is. So, um, so that's, that's, that's what I would say. It's interesting. Patience. uh, That's sort of interesting to think about. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get to the let's get to the offseason then we'll eventually get to um current day. Uh this isn't an overstatement. There's never been an offseason like the one we just saw in terms of broadcaster movement. We probably will never see another one. I think certainly in maybe all of our professional lifetimes. In my experience reporting on this stuff, um lead producers and lead directors um are not part of the discussion in terms of um who's going to be uh who's going to be in the booth if there's going to be a booth change. It's usually the president's, you know, CEO position, executive producers, they make that decision. And then at a certain point, they let their uh, lead producer and lead director in. So Richie Zions, let me ask you, how did you find out that your booth was changing? I know you're a longtime friends with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Perhaps they told you, but if you could, you know, while keeping your job, obviously, how did you find out all this was happening? Well, let me start by saying I'm glad I'm not part of that, you know, because I really like staying in my lane. You know, my lane is producing 
I got my hands full with that. And, um, and I'm good with that. Um, it was a little surprising, um, but the Troy story had kind of been drawn out and Joe took us by surprise, but you know what? They're off to bigger and greater things. Change is good for everybody. And we had, I had 20 fantastic years. And I think, you know, this is going to be a rejuvenation for everybody, everybody involved, fresh start. And um, I wish they're going to be great. It's going to make me want to watch Monday Night Football even more now. And Russo and I and the crew, we are so damn excited about what we got because there's just an excitement. There's just an excitement. It's like being rookies, you know. What we've done in the past, I don't think that means anything. We have to start from scratch, and we have to uh, develop the chemistry with, with the new booth. And that's a very exciting prospect for me. Well, we'll, I'll get to all that in a second, Richie Zines. If I could ask, though, do you find out from from Joe Buck or Troy Aikman, or do you find out from someone like Brad Zager or Eric Shanks? Well, I find out um, with Troy. I found out from both. Yeah, yeah. Troy kind of gave me a call and gave me a heads up, and and um, you know, with with Joe, uh, I read about it in the newspaper, and um, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm not part of this. I'm just a producer, you know, and these things are going to happen. It's business. And, um, and I just, I, again, 20 great years and, uh, and we're off on a new venture. Rich Russo, I think the best part of uh, Richie Zion's answer is that he reads newspapers still. That's very exciting to me uh, in 2022. <laughs> for you, though, you know, again, without knowing, my guess for you, Rich Russo, is you're either finding out from Richie Zion's or Joe Buck or Trey Aikman are, are shooting you a text and saying, hey, just want you to know it's been great, but, um, you know, we've made, I've made this decision to, to move to ESPN. Well, there's no question. I mean, Richard, is, is, as Richie said, too, I'm, I'm very glad that I'm not involved in, in, in these decisions, no question about it. I mean, one thing is they are and they always will be great friends. I mean, again, this would have been my 14th year with them. They're like a second family. Um, Troy... I had heard from uh, it was at the airport, actually, and, and got a call from him um, to kind of tell me, Joe, I had spoke to in and around. It might have been the day after or uh, it was in and around when that happened. And 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 they had had told me about it. And yeah, I mean, you're shocked and initially. No question about it. You're shocked just because, you know, we've been working together and we're all such a you know, it's a, it's like an extended family and they've been awesome. I mean, I was so fortunate to work with them and you know, they're going to be awesome uh, over at ESPN, no question about it. Um, and then as, you know, as a couple of days went by and then and then as the weeks went by, I, I realized that, you know, change is, change is good. I mean, change is a good thing. And, you know, with Kevin and with Greg, um, it's, it's really exciting. It's exciting. I have to kind of keep telling myself that Greg, you know, this is only his second year out of the league. I mean, and what he has accomplished, you know, last year and as a broadcaster, he's amazing. So uh, and, and Kevin Burkhardt is 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 amazing. Um, so there's a sense of excitement. Uh, but, yeah, I was definitely shocked. I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't. And, um, but that's change and that's what happens. And and um, I think we're all excited about the future. All right, Richie Zons, let me let's sort of talk about now um, your new group. Kevin Burkhart and and Greg Olson. Um, so how do I so let's let me think about how I sort of want to enter this. Okay. So Kevin Burkhart is a supremely talented broadcaster. He has deserved the reputation that he has. He has a great reputation in the business. People really like working with him. He's done the NFL now for a couple of years. He was a terrific uh, baseball reporter for SNY. And then when he went to Fox, he's excelled as being a studioist and stuff. So you're dealing, like I, I'm saying all that, not, not not so that Kevin Burkhart's agent is happy with me, but you're dealing with a professional broadcaster. Like that, re- you should figure out a way to make that work because you two are both professionals. Greg Olson, a little bit different, only in his second year. But again, from every person I've ever talked to on his crew, um, easy to get along with, easy to work with, et cetera. All that said, you have to figure out how do you create a working relationship with a new play-by-play voice and a new analyst you've never regularly worked with? How do you get a trust factor? Um, 
you know, they're, they're used to listening to a different producer in their ear and now it's you. So how have you gone about trying to create a relationship and in some ways, um, not having many months to, to, to create that since we've, you know, we're only a couple of months removed from all these changes. Well, I think the first thing you have to realize is that, um, you can't come up with the answer. Well, this is the way we've done it because our job is to adapt. And, you know, with Kevin, you know, he, he's, he is, he's tremendous. He's a tremendous guy. Clearly he's grounded. I mean, he's a grounded guy, which is terrific. He, he started as a car salesman. I can relate to that. I started as a security guard. Security you know? guard. Yep. I was just going to so, mention that. Yep. So, so, you know, um, we both kind of worked our way up and the object is just to be good at it and to have fun doing it. So how do you build chemistry is you, you find a comfort level and, you know, Artie Kempner and Pete Macheska, that, that was their crew last year. And Kevin had been with them for a long time. Well, Russo and I are, pals with these guys and we've been together for almost 40 years and we we pretty much see things the same way so it's not like we have to reinvent the wheel they develop something we're going to build on it we're going to find out what they're comfortable doing and what they're not comfortable doing and um and we're going to create a stress-free environment so people can be their best and i don't know if that answers the question but that's all i got no, it does. But and I, I, I was going to mention this, and I'm glad you did. Rich, Richie Zions worked as a security guard for CBS Television uh, in Manhattan before he eventually um, got into the CBS Sports system, which in itself is kind of an amazing story. And Kevin Burkhart, as Richie Zions said, was a used car salesman. Pretty much at a certain point, I mean, we've all written this. Who those of us who write this stuff is pretty much almost out of the business at a certain point. Didn't think it was going to happen, but grinded his way back and now has one of the premier jobs in sports broadcasting. So both Richie Zients and, and uh, Kevin Burke are testament to um, not giving up. If you happen to be a young person who's listening to this right now and, and you're not where you want to be, uh, look at these two dudes, uh, where they were and where they are now. Uh, Rich Russo, again, I, I know that um, you know, in many ways, like sort of a producer sets the tone here and and sort of creates the chemistry and environment that's going to be in the booth. At the same time, though, you're in contact uh, during games with uh, both your play-by-play person and your your analyst. So how do you approach it? How do you approach, even though these two have done NFL games before, they've never done NFL games with you? You know, I think the first thing when we knew it was Kevin and Greg is let's get to know them as guys first. You know, the first time we see them, was not going to be at our NFL seminar meetings or, you know, even the first preseason game. Um, you know, let's talk, let's text, let's communicate and, and get to know them. And, we, you know, we had some dinners and things like that. And I think that's important. You know, Kevin and Greg, obviously, you know, they have a great relationship because they go way back to, to Greg's high school days when Kevin was calling those games. Um, so that's good. Obviously, Richie and I have, you know, a great relationship from all the years, but it was really important for all of us and including Aaron, including Tom, to just get to know each other and just to kind of hang out uh, before the season even started. And I just think that's important with any, you know, any relationship. And, you know, we're in the relationship business, so you got to get to know them uh, as 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 people first. And I think what what Z, what Richie said is just being adaptable. Obviously, we've been doing some, you know, something, you know, that we're used to for, you know, 20 years. Uh, you know, Greg has only been in, you know, out of the business for, for a year or two. And, and, and they working with Pete and Artie from last year, they have a certain way. But I think we just have to kind of take from what they did last year. They'll take from what we've been doing through the years. And it's a give and take. And I, I think I will say this, and I'm not just saying this, like that first preseason game, as far as as far as we were all concerned, was just really smooth. Smooth as far as just the communication, the dialogue, uh, the pacing during the course of the game, uh, being in their ear, not knowing when to be in their ear not, and not to be in the ear. Of course, it's a preseason game, and obviously, you know, the stakes get higher week one, but, but it, felt, it felt very uh, natural. Um, and again, I, I'm excited too. You know, so much of what it's great to learn. It's great to learn from the analyst. You know, I learned so much from Troy, you know, through all these years and any producer director should tell you that they've learned. They learn a lot from their analyst. I'm excited to learn the game through Greg's eyes, you know, through how Greg sees the game, 
how we can visually um, deploy certain cameras to certain situations based on what he sees. And that that's exciting, you know, from that standpoint. Um, so that's and, and it's obviously important because it's just going to help us and it's just going to help the viewer. Understanding that there's obviously going to be um, a difference from someone who's done this for as long as Troy has and as long as Troy has done it with you, Richie Zions. But w- what immediately, at least to you, is different at the moment about Greg Ol- about dealing with Greg Olson versus Troy Aikman, specifically on replays? Because it's obviously, you know, that's such an important part of an NFL broadcast. Um, you know, those seconds where the analyst is describing for the viewer what he or she just saw. I think it's too early to really answer that well. I think we have to do a real game um, to make that to make a, a smart um, comment about that. You know, preseason so different. I think with Greg, you know, he's current. He's just off the field. Um, like Russo said, we have to we have to learn how he sees the game. Troy was a quarterback. You know, when he sees the game through a quarterback's eyes, and after all those years, it, it was second nature to sort of you know, kind of know what he's looking for. You know, uh, he sees it through a quarterback's eyes. He sees the game sort of outside in, you know, with the passing game. I've worked with other analysts through the years that saw the game inside out. You know, John Madden, Matt Millen, they saw the game from the inside. Um, Greg's a tight end. It's kind of in the middle between those two things. But we're going to figure this out. You know, I don't think we can determine after a preseason game where it really wasn't a game in a lot of ways, it was, you know, um, a partially a talk radio show um, because the game is a preseason game. So I think we'll know a lot more after this week. I'm going to stick with you here, Richie Zients. Um, I want to ask you about having two sideline reporters in a broadcast versus one. And obviously you have Aaron Andrews and and Tom Rinaldi uh, who bring their own skill set. I would just mention for the audience because, like, I still see even on my columns at The Athletic uh, – you know, people asking, well, why sideline reporters are there, et cetera, et cetera. You have to remember, or at least I'll sort of in, I'll remind people just sort of as informed analysis. So much of what the sideline reporter uh, gets during a couple of days uh, gets floated to the booth. And so you learn about that stuff through the the play-by-play person and the analyst. You know, you may see that sideline reporter on camera, you know. Whatever, barely a couple minutes, but but trust me, they they are providing information to their booth because they're part of the team, so they're eyes and ears on the field, and they do a lot more than I think the the general public ever realizes because the general public obviously is always only going to determine you know when they see someone on air. All right, so that said, um, Richie Zients, you have two uh, sideline reporters at your disposal, which I think is um, which is interesting, and I would think gives you. Um, a different way to think about how to cover the broadcast. So what does it mean for you to have people on both sidelines as opposed to one sideline reporter um, who, you know, has to traverse the field during a game? It's, in, it's invaluable. It's completely invaluable, um, which is good. I don't mean invaluable, like not valuable. Um, right. The flow of, of, of communication is constant. They pass along information to me, again, selflessly because we're going to feed that up to the booth during commercials their microphones are open so they can talk directly to the booth and if you only have one sideline reporter and something happens on the other sideline well you know by the time they get there that injured player might have already been got gone into the locker room and they guide us to pictures too so it, it really it, it, it simplifies for us having both sidelines covered just having eyes and ears and it gets Russo's cameras to pictures that we normally would not get. I can't tell you how many times either Tom or Aaron has simply said they're, they're doing this, they're working this, this guy's upset. Um, and we get a shot of it. If we didn't have both sidelines covered, those pictures would not get on TV. So I think, you know, fans have their own opinion of the value of sideline reporters. I think if you talk to anybody in the business who does what we do, we would say they're very, very valuable. Rich uh, Russo, I want to ask you about uh, when you have a game of significance or it feels like a game of significance. So, for instance, um, September, make sure I have this right here. September 25th, you guys have Packers Bucks. Um, you know, that's the two most famous quarterbacks in the league. It's a team 
it's two teams that you know many people believe have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I don't know off the top of my head where that is. You guys can tell me if that's in uh, Tampa or uh, Lambeau. But even after all these years, does do games like that feel different for you, Rich Russo? I don't know. Do you get a little more nervous if it's something that big, or because you've done hundreds and hundreds of these games, does Packers Bucks? I don't know. Does it feel for you? Do you approach it the same way, Packers Bucks, as you would? Uh, I'm not going to knock two other teams, but you know what I'm saying. Two teams that are um, maybe not, don't have as many um, Super Bowl wins between them with their quarterbacks. Honestly, Richard, being fortunate and the fact that we do the 425 games, those doubleheader games, they're they're big games. They're all big, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, obviously, Green Bay Tampa takes on a little bit of a life of its own with with Rodgers and Brady, and obviously, you know, we're going to have cameras – you know, on those two quarterbacks, more so than not when they're on the sidelines, most likely. Um, but the truth is, because we're doing these two games going in, sure, you know the importance. Um, but I think we've been doing these games, and that's a that's a huge help. So obviously, there'll be some great stories. I mean, obviously, those two quarterbacks, um, you know, are, are huge. So so, and that's 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 the obvious. But I don't necessarily think there's any more pressure or you think that, oh boy, this is a bigger game. I, I, I think I really, we all, we treat all the games really the same. Um, and obviously when you get to the, to later in the year, and then when you get to the playoffs and the postseason, obviously, you know, those guys, you know, those games amp up and they get magnified. Um, and of course, obviously the Super Bowl. So, you know, you, you don't really think about the millions and millions of people that are watching, um, especially when you get to the postseason, but sure, you know, Green Bay is going to be, be a, a, a you know great game um and you just have to figure out the best way to cover that game just like any other game you do all right back to you richie zines you got your 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 booth is in the unique position this year or maybe your company's in the unique position this year is you have an analyst in waiting um you know as of uh, as we're taping this today and uh early september uh, tom brady is expected to whenever he decides to retire to become the lead NFL analyst at Fox. So I have a couple questions uh, within this. First, Richie, wh- what's your relationship like with Tom Brady? I would, I, I, you never should presume in our world, but I will presume that you've had, it, if nothing else, many, many production meetings with him. So um, before the announcement came, you at least, you, you guys would recognize each other, I, I would think, if you were both in the room. I'll recognize him. I doubt he could pick me out of a lineup. <laughs> I've certainly done a lot of production meetings with Tom as the fly on the wall. You have to remember these production meetings are uh, announcer centric, you know, so Russo and I are there, right. but gen- generally quiet. And, you know, we've done a few of Tom's Super Bowls. Um, but no, I don't have a relationship with Tom. And, and you know, Tom's a quarterback this year. And, um, and when the time comes, I, it'll be terrific. But to be honest with you, I'm going to give you an answer, which is going to sound uh, company based but my job is to make the decision to remove greg olson from the broadcast booth as difficult as possible i want greg to be the best analyst he can be and we'll take next year when next year comes i think tom is concentrating on football getting back to a super bowl and i wouldn't even dare to think that he wants to be dwelling on his future tv career so i'm content to leave it at that all right i appreciate it we're on to cincinnati thank you bill belichick i have one more follow-up though um, have you had a, have you had a chance to sit down with Tom Brady? I shouldn't say sit down. Have you talked to Tom Brady at all at length about broadcasting or if, and when that comes, that comes when Tom Brady is no longer an NFL quarterback? I have not talked to Tom Brady at all. I think the time will be dictated by Tom when that time is right. Uh, I would think it would come after the football season when he makes his decisions and Everything is sort of sewn up. So I'm not, I'm not looking to press the issue at all. You know, again, we both have different things to concentrate on. We have a Super Bowl with a new broadcast booth. Again, I'm going to stay in my lane and concentrate on that. And I think, again, Tom, Tom's a player right now. And um, he'll be a great broadcaster because he's great at whatever he does. And we'll cross that bridge when, when, it, when it gets there. We have plenty of time once that happens to get geared up for whatever next season brings. Richard so I know this doesn't exist, but how great would it be if you just chirped in here and said, well, you know, I've, I've actually talked to Tom a number of times, and, and here are my, <laughs> my thoughts on them. Uh, 
I know that's. I echo Richie. I echo Richie's response. Yeah, no, I know. I know. (laughs) It's just my own little dream. That would have been awesome. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, so Richie Zients mentions, Rich Russo, that this is a Super Bowl year for you. And every time I've talked to, uh, you know, your counterparts, uh, you know, whether it's Fred Gadelli or, um, or Jim Rickoff, et cetera, like um, they always say, it doesn't seem like it's lip service, that when you have the Super Bowl, that year feels different. Like it just, everything feels different. You're leading towards something in your position as the director or someone who will be directing this game in whatever it is, five, six months down the road. Does it feel different? Does the se- does a season feel different that you know that you have the last game of the year? I mean, honestly, of course, there's a buildup to this enormous event. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said there's not a buildup. Um, but honestly, as we go through the year, you know, these games are, you know, we just want to do the best possible job that, that we can do. Um, and as, I, as I, I think, like after Thanksgiving and then once you get to the playoff, sure, that buildup is real. I mean, Richard, we go on surveys and we have meetings, uh, you know, prior to we, we've, you know, even four, five, six, seven months ago. Um, so, sure, those meetings are taking place. So, obviously, the Super Bowl is is no question in the back of my mind, of course, uh, getting ready for that, uh, assembling a crew, the technical crew for that. Um, it's obviously, you know, we're going to be adding a lot more equipment and a lot more personnel. So who are some of those people that, that should be going and should be doing that game? That's a constant, you know, and thought process. So sure. I'm constantly thinking about that. So from that standpoint, absolutely. But, but I mean, as you know, week one next week in you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, I'm not really thinking about the Super Bowl. but sure. As the year goes on, um, I definitely, definitely will. No, no question about it. And, and I'm sure, listen, we, we, we root for Rickoff and Mike Arnold and, you know, Freddie and Drew or now Rob Hyland and Drew. And, you know, we root for all those guys. Um, no question about it. You know, the guys at ESPN, uh, you know, Phil, those guys, um, you know, no, no doubt about it. We root for those guys and want those guys to do, to do a, to do a great job. I want to stick with you, Richard. And Jimmy so. Platt. Jimmy, Jimmy Platt. Platt yeah. Platt. Director. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, are you as a as someone who um, is in the business of football production? Uh, how interested are you in in watching? I think you would watch Amazon's Thursday Night Football regardless. But when you watch, like, are you will you watch as sort of like someone who's interested in how they are directing and producing this game? Maybe they do something that that you find interesting. I, I'm. You know, I know I have to watch it a certain way, but I'm curious as how someone in your position will watch um, will watch them this year. Just given that, yeah, I know you guys have done Thursday Night Football before. It's not that Thursday Night Football is new; it's that Thursday Night Football is new um, as an exclusive streamer only. Oh, I'm watching carefully because I am. Uh, you know, Amazon comes in. I mean, they're in it to win it. They're gonna, you know, they're not starting small, and they've got great people. Uh, who know what they're doing. So I, I think the combination of the great people with suddenly, you know, a whole different background of resources from, from the Amazon folks. So it's going to be a real curiosity factor. And, um, but I, when I watch games, I try not to get caught up in like the broadcast. I just kind of want to watch the game, you know? So I guess I'll, I'll notice things if they're getting in the way of me enjoying the game. And if I can watch the game and appreciate what they're doing, that means they did a great job because, you know, bells and whistles, I think they're going to be really smart about how they go about doing it. 
I think they're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. And I'm really looking forward to doing it. I mean, you know, Al Michaels and Freddie, they've got all the hardware, man. So it would be silly not to pay attention. That was Richie Zines. What about you, Rich Russo? Oh, same thing. I mean, I listen, I wish I can watch just as a fan. Sometimes it is hard because this is our business. This is the nature. Um, but sure, I'll watch to see what they what they've done and what they're doing. And maybe there's something, you know, different. Um, and I'm sure they're going to th- their product will be terrific. I mean, coming from Thursday night. Um, so I, I always do look, maybe there are certain things that they do that we can we can utilize and start to do. I mean, you're always trying to improve yourself, um, you know, week to week. Um, so there's no question I'll be watching to see what they do. And I, I again, those will be good games and I'm a huge fan. So I'm going to try to watch them as a fan if, uh, you know, if I can. All right. A couple more here. Uh, Richie Zines, you, uh, how long did you work with John Madden for? How long was that run? Well, again, I, I, I never produced John's games. That was Bob Stenner. Yep. Legendary producer. But I was on John's crew starting uh, 1982. And I pretty much was with John through about uh, in different capacities on his crew, all Madden shows, um, basically through the years at Fox. Um, so a long time. We had, a, we had a terrific history together. What is the most memorable place you traveled with John Madden? Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's so many, but I will say this. We're going to Minnesota this week. And before the uh, Super Bowl up there in 1992, uh, we got up there to shoot the All-Madden team. We had a day to spare. And we went ice fishing in Mill Lacks up north of Minneapolis. And we went ice fishing, and we didn't catch a damn thing. <laughs> so, these, so these local guys came over and gave us a, a bucket of fish, which John then told Rudy Martsky that we had caught. And um, so John was like a local hero for catching all these fish when in reality, we didn't catch a thing, but it was a great outing. Lance Barrow was there. We took the fish, we fried them up on the bus and we ate them. We had a great time, not to mention the cross country bus trips and being in places I'd never thought I'd be truck stops in Wyoming. Um, gosh, I could go on and on. Did Let me ask you one more thing about this. Cause like the, you know, it, it, it goes without saying Madden's impact on sports broadcasts is essentially never going to be another guy like him just because of the newness and everything else. But I don't know if we're ever going to have a sports broadcaster who travels cross country via bus and like that becomes part of the story. When you're on that bus, Richie, like were there, like could you sleep on? Like were there bedrooms for each of the like production people or like how did that, or were you just up all night? Like how did, how does something like that work? Well, John had a bedroom in the back with a separate bathroom. And if you know how these buses are, you have like these bench areas and things fold down from the top of the bus to form beds, the benches roll up. So you could sleep four, you could sleep four in the front part of the bus, Wow! but you really couldn't sleep. You couldn't really sleep until John went to bed. So you were kind of at his mercy. Plus, he kept it at about 24 degrees. So you're basically freezing your balls off. Um, but it was, oh, gosh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It was just so much fun. It's, bus drivers were great. You get to see the country. You get to meet people. Um, and that's, that kind of served John in a great way, you know, just seeing the country and how real people live and think. And wonderful, wonderful times. Richie, you would add the lobby hangs, right? All the good lobby hangs. Oh, my goodness. In Chicago, at the, at the Rich Carlton in Chicago, John would just – it was like an old-fashioned baseball manager in the 20s watching his players miss curfew. Well, isn't that famous – uh, um, isn't there the, the famous story about uh, a British guy with wearing some crazy uh, outfit comes up to him, tells him he loves uh, – um, Tells him he, he he loves him on football. John's very nice. Hey, thank you very much, whatever. And then I don't know who he told this, whether it was to you or some other person, Richie Zients. Uh, says, yeah, some crazy English guy came up to me, really dressed really weird, said he really loves football. And then somebody says, John, that's Elton John. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there for that. That's true. That is just, <laughs> that's so typical. I mean, I remember being with him in New York and we were both living on the West Side. And we were just walking down the streets at West 72nd Street to get some pizza, and a car pulls up to the curb, and out steps Richard Nixon. Wow. And, they, and, 
Yeah. And, and so they're talking football. Nixon was a huge football fan and he that's, was a Giants fan. So that's a story I never those heard. Are the, wow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And John lived, when John was in New York, he lived in a very, very famous building, right? Do you happen to know this, Richie Zients, the name of that building? I yeah. Know this. The Dakota. The, the Dakota. Dakota where John Lennon lived among many other celebrities. Yes. That's right. So, so John Madden like was a part of like sort of that world of New York City for a little bit, right? Just like he lived um, in a place that had a lot of fame, though he obviously um, was a sort of like a regular guy as well. He just, again, he, he really he really lived sort of a charmed, interesting life in terms of all the people he yeah. interacted with. Well, he also, and I'll just drop one more story in, you know, on the, on the, on the flip side of meeting Richard Nixon is John would kind of wander into Central Park and he developed a friendship with a homeless guy named Dean Taylor. Wow. And Dean Taylor, Dean Taylor was a huge football fan, and they would talk football. And when John would go on the air and broadcast a game, similar to when you know uh, an, an analyst would say, "Well, I was talking to Bill Parcells, and he said this." Well, John would just drop in. You know, I was talking to Dean Taylor this week, and he thinks the Giants should run the ball more. And People that had no idea who Dean Taylor was, but if John Madden said it, they must figure it's probably somebody I need to know. As it turns out, it was a homeless guy on Central Park West talking football with John. Wow. All right, a couple more here. Uh, Rich Russo, I, I mean, I don't want you to sell out any city, but if you could, what's the, what's the in your opinion, what's the best NFL city for food? Boy, that's more of a Z. That's more of a Z question. All right, I'll ask um, Richie Zients then. Because no, you guys I, have been to every NFL city at this point. Well, again, um, I like the Cuban food in Tampa. I like going to Columbia, among other places. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say Tampa and I'm gonna factor out all the big city fancy restaurants that we could possibly go to. Because I yes. like just the regular Good food, simple. Yeah, he's more specific than me. I, I'll just go with the flow. So there, there. It depending on the the teams. Like I, I've I've talked to some teams where like everybody sort of has their week where they have to pick the restaurant. There's other teams where it's the producer always picks. How does it work on the Zions Russo team when it comes to uh, dinners? A lot of times it's our broadcast associate. Uh, you know, if our announcers have a place that they want to go to sometimes z will just rule everyone out and say because he's pretty he's pretty particular in what he wants to eat richie so he may just say no let's go here so i think it's it's kind of a mutual deal i think uh different people take take uh you know take it each each specific city and also depends on you know maybe we we have people who know that specific city better than others and we just rely on them but the restaurants are important no question I did want to make yeah. sure I get to this because this is a. Uh, did you want to say something, Richie Zions? I didn't mean to jump you there. Yeah, I no. I was just going to say I used to rule that part of my job with an iron fist, and I've kind of <laughs> yielded. I've yielded my power to other culinary experts. Um, uh, I'm a I lot easier. That. You've gone from Brezhnev to uh, Gorbachev. Good on you, yeah. Richie Zients. Yeah, um, last note. Yes, Glad, although we all know, unfortunately, how that ended. Um, so mm. the I want to ask you about this because I know this is something that uh, is important to you, and uh, and I like that you're doing this. You are you can do a column every week on FoxSports.com uh, where you highlight what someone on your crew does. I, I as you both know, I really like the behind the scenes stuff. I think this is interesting. As I generally find you guys more interesting than the front-facing talent. No, no disrespect to Buck Aikman and Olsen and Burkhart. It's probably just because I've been doing I've been doing this too long. In all honesty, but um, but that's really I think that's really cool. I think like it's really interesting that you're going to highlight someone like a tape operator or someone who's like in charge of uh, graphics or maybe you know one week you'll do your uh, the camera person who's in the end zone um, or the pe person who does the cable so that this entire production work. So, you know, I know this is new for you, but at the same time, I, I think it's something you're really excited about. You already have one column up. Um, what, what would you like to like let the public uh, in on when you're doing these columns after each game? Well, it's like some of the questions you ask, what does a producer do? What does a director do? Now for people who are interested in our business, um, 
this type of thing has really not been done. And I just want to give people a sense of the process of what it takes. Because it takes like a village to put these shows on. And it's not just the announcers. They're the most important part. It's not just Russo and I. But it's truly a huge group of talented people from the guys who <laughs> have to drive the trucks from city to city, the engineers who set everything up, camera people, videotape operators, audio people, uh, statisticians. It's, it's, it's a big undertaking. And um, I just don't ever think they get their due. And so, you know, sprinkled in with some anecdotes from, you know, the places we go. Uh, I just want to sort of pay tribute to them and sort of explain a little bit about how a broadcast comes together. Any, any tips, Richard? What, what do you, you know, what do you well, think I should? For, I liked your first one. I don't, the, the, trust me, nobody needs tips from me. I liked your first one. And I think if you continue to highlight people we've never heard of, that's your winning formula. Let me as a reader know something that I don't know. And you have access to the people on your crew who do these really important, interesting jobs that me as an NFL viewer, I have no idea like what they are, the importance of it to what I see. And I don't think you're going to run out of uh, stories. What frustrates me, Richie, is now you're forcing me to go on FoxSports.com. I have to wade through all those hot take artists that you have on that site to get to whatever link that you're going to be there but i'm doing this one for you richie this is my this is my gift to you that i'm going to read this i'll give you you the download even though it it goes against everything i believe in um thank you thank you so but no in all seriousness i think that's good and um i you know as you know it's a copycat league i would not be surprised if one of your fellow uh, other networks sees this and is like you know we should probably be doing something like this espn does a little bit of it they have some behind the scenes uh, footage where they talk to their producers and directors about sort of what they do for their job, which is I find interesting. But this is what you're doing is a uh, uh, what you're doing is a is a is a little bit different. All right, so the last one I'm going to finish up on this, and I'll start with you, Rich So you mentioned this like early um, in our our discussion here is that like there's something exciting about like having a new challenge, and the reality for you two guys is. Let's say, you know, Buck and Aikman could, let's say they, they were there for the next 10, 15 years. All you guys ride out together on the sunset. You have a great working relationship. The machines always sort of worked well and nobody blinks twice. But now like in this, this year, like I feel like Rich Russo, this is like really interesting for you and Richie. Like it's a new play-by-play person. It's a new analyst. There's going to be people who are really curious about, well, how's this going to work? And I don't know. You don't often at your stage of your career get a chance to like have almost an entirely new experience, but but that's what it feels like. I, tell me if I'm overstating it, but this would seem pretty exciting to me. No, I, I do agree with you. I mean, of course, if you know if Joe and Troy were, were still there and we would continue, obviously that would, would be great. That's what we've known for so many years. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, as you think about it, as, as you take a step back, um, there is a certain, you know, energy, certain sense of, of excitement uh, with new, you know, with new talent, new, new people, um, you know, just to get to know Kevin and Greg again at the highest level at the games that they're doing that we're all doing. Um, that's exciting. And kind of like what I said earlier, just getting to know Greg, how he sees the game, um, you know, how we do things, how he does things, what they like, what we like um, and getting all that to mesh together. Uh, and again, with Aaron and, and Tom as well, I think there there is a certain uh, you know a certain excitement about that. And you asked me too about the Super Bowl year, and, and yes, it happens to be a Super Bowl year. So the fact that Kevin and Greg uh, are doing the game and it'll be their first Super Bowl, um, there's you know there's something to that as well. Uh, there's no there's no question about that. So just the newness for them, and the fact that we're part of that newness, um, I think it's it's gonna it'll be uh, you know pretty special. And Richie Zients, uh, so whenever you have the Bucks, right, it's just Brady, Brady the football player, right? No references to what Brady may be down the road? It's uh, it's football and Cuban food. <laughs> That's basically what Tampa means to me, yeah. Oh, look at you. You, I'm t- you have a future in the United Nations with, the, with these, with these I, answers. God bless you for that. Thank uh, you, thank you, thank uh, you, thank you. All right, anything else you uh, want to add, Richie Zients, before we get out of here as uh, – no, it's um, no. I mean, like, look, it's going to be an exciting year. You know, um, what was good the last twenty years? Um, 
hopefully it'll continue, but I feel like a rookie. All right. Richie Zients is uh, the lead NFL game producer for Fox Sports, has a uh, long and uh, um, impressive resume when it comes to sports production. Rich Russo is the lead director of Fox's NFL coverage. And again, you know, these guys have done Super Bowls and Daytona 500s and, you know, they're... um, they have reached the top of their profession, but uh, I'm always appreciative that they're they make themselves uh, available. They don't have too many press people between uh, me and them, which is always nice. And uh, as we've learned, uh, as we've learned here, big cube. Richard, will you critique Richie's uh, columns? Uh no, I won't do that because. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, Rich. I'm trying my best to be less of a critiquer and just more of a like profiler of interesting things. Like I told you guys earlier, uh-huh. I mean, I, I should have. They they should have. Uh, you know, after the triple crown horses run, right? They let they go out to stud and they have an easier life. Why? Well, I'm. That's what I want at this point. I would like to be <laughs> eating in the field of grass and not have to think about this. No, I will not. I will not criticize. Uh, I will not criticize Richie, but I will be. I will be. Uh, I'll be looking forward to it. Also, like this is his second job, right? I mean, he's not he he's not a uh, he doesn't write for a living. He's a he's a producer. Right, I'm not a writer. Yes, yeah, so I'd be a total asshole if I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, again, Come as on, I told, Rich, yeah, as I told Richie, I was not. I'm being totally honest here. I, I really like the idea. Yeah. I just think this is interesting, and I'm someone who loves. Like I have said this, I think to both of you at different points. The, my favorite part of this job still is to write about someone who has not been written about a lot. Like that is very exciting to me because I know that for those people, like it means something for them to like be in the athletic or prior to that Sports Illustrated. Like, I, I, no offense to like. You know, Al Michaels or Burkhart, like they're written about all the time. It's not unique (laughs) to them. So for so Richie, I think what you're doing, you may not even realize it. But if you profile someone who's never been written about, like in any publication, that'll be really exciting for that person. And I guarantee they'll show their family like that'll be really exciting because they've never they've never been, you know, no one's ever written about them before. So I think uh, I'll be sincere here. I think that's I think it's a cool thing. The total honesty. Like, I think it's great. Now I have to figure out what to charge them to mention them. So I'm, I'm working right, on now. The rates. pressure's on because now, yeah, don't make this suck. Like now, it's got to be great. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, there you go. Richie Zions, Rich Russo, to the best of what they do. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks, thanks, Richard. Rich. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Rich Russo and Richie Zions for their time and their insights. Hopefully. You found that interesting. I certainly did. They have very interesting jobs in sports broadcasting. Head to the archives page for the Sports Media with Richard Deitch podcast. There should be some stuff you like. A couple days ago, we did How Do You Land a Pro Sports Play-By-Play Job, a conversation with Michael Grady, who's the new voice of the television voice, I should say, of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Anish Shroff, the new radio voice of the Carolina Panthers. And they provided some interesting insight into how they landed the jobs they did. Prior to that, ESPN NHL broadcaster Leah Hextall and what it was like for her to call hockey last year. And uh, it was a challenge, including uh, some really ugly vitriolic stuff on social media, um, which, uh, which also included death threats, pretty pretty horrible stuff. Uh, so appreciate Leah Hextall um, telling her story here. Uh, before that, uh, First impressions of Amazon's NFL broadcast and Urban Meyer's return to broadcasting. Media roundtable with Chad Finn of the Boston Globe, Austin Carbon Sports Business Journal. We did a conversation with David Law, Matt Roberts, and Catherine Whitaker of the Tennis Podcast, also uh, on the tennis theme. Conversation with John Wertheim and Scott Price on covering Serena Williams, my former Sports Illustrated colleagues who covered Serena from uh, the beginning of her career to the end. Had uh, emergency podcast in the Big Ten announcing its big television rights deal. And uh, Joe Buck on Vince Scully, and head to the archives page. There should be some stuff that you like. Uh, please leave, if you like the podcast, please leave us a five star review and a nice note. That's how this uh, podcast continues, and I thank you all for your support. Thank you, Patrick Antonetti, for all his hard work. Thanks to everybody at Cadence 13 for their support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com SportsFan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.